Today's sermon is entitled, The Nakedness of Our Fathers. The Nakedness of Our Fathers. So today, I want to start by first looking at a rule in the law of the Old Testament that actually addresses a father's nakedness. So there's actually a passage in scripture that references a father's nakedness. And I want to point that out to you. And that is in Leviticus 18, verses 7 and 8. We're going to read Leviticus 18, verses 7 and 8. We'll put that on the screen here. The text says, The nakedness of thy father, or the nakedness of thy mother, shalt thou not uncover. She is your mother. You shall not, here it is again, uncover her nakedness, meaning neither him nor her. Verse 8 says, The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. It seems to imply that to uncover the nakedness of the mother is to uncover the nakedness of the father. The father's nakedness is the mother's nakedness. The mother's nakedness is the father's nakedness. In that the two in one are to be so knit together that the Bible writes it in scripture and basically says, don't look at your mother or father naked. Do not uncover their nakedness. Now, let me set this up for a second. The book of Leviticus is a book about, talks about the laws that were given to the Old Testament, the the Israelites, telling them how they should live their lives. And it starts out being very clear to them. He says, hey, don't repeat the sins of Egypt. You just come out of Egypt. He says, don't repeat the sins of Egypt where you dwelt and don't repeat. Repeat the sins of Canaan, where I'm taking you, the land of Canaan. We'll talk about that later. He says, you shall only follow my judgments and ordinances. And he says, if you do them, you will live. So there's benefit. God is saying there's benefit to not uncovering your father's nakedness. If you obey this, you'll live. In verse 7, it says, we are not to uncover. We are not to uncover the nakedness of our fathers. Meaning, 
We are not to expose the nakedness of our fathers. So watch this now. To uncover means to show or reveal their nakedness. So let's say my father is naked in the room behind closed doors and I open the door and I let everyone see his nakedness. We are not to uncover our father's nakedness. In other words, don't expose their nakedness as shameful by telling others about it or looking on it. We are not to look on our father's nakedness. And the same applies for mothers that we read in the text, but we're focusing on the fathers today. Now, nakedness means nudity. It can often be equated to shame. So when a father is naked, he is stripped. Every flaw, every error, every uh, imperfection can be seen. And many people don't like to be seen naked because you see them in their most vulnerable state. And many have shame. Haven't you heard of body shaming? They are shamed by their nakedness. So when we look at the nakedness of our father, we're talking about the nudity, the, the vulnerability, the shamefulness of it, the indecency of nakedness, the exposure, the undefended exposure, the vulnerability and nakedness of a person which is undefended. You cannot defend yourself. How? You know, you have no armor on. You've got nothing in your hand and someone uncovers you. Stick with me for a minute. Your mother's nakedness is the same as your father's nakedness. To expose one is to expose the other. So even when you think you're just exposing the shame of your father, you're exposing the shame of your parents. Watch this now. I'll give you this. In verse 10 of Leviticus 18, we didn't read it. The text says, the exposure you commit of your father is actually the exposure of yourself. Wow. So we learned that this exposure of our father's nudity is the exposure of his spouse and it is even the exposure of ourselves. And so God says, don't do it. Leviticus 18 states the fact or the principle of not exposing a family member's nakedness, which seems to equate to their shame in some way, that their nudity, their nakedness equates to how they feel, uh, uh, their vulnerability, what they are not happy about. God says, don't expose that. Mm. Stay with me. So today's sermon is entitled The Nakedness of Our Fathers. Let me explain. 
take a look at this. It is the nakedness, and I want you to focus on the word nakedness, which is highlighted in red. And I want you to be clear that there are naked fathers all over the world this morning. Naked men. They have clothes on, but they are naked and they've been uncovered because their shame has been exposed. But what makes that so grievous? What makes nakedness so grievous is that their nakedness has been uncovered. No one knows what a man is dealing with. The struggles of his own insecurities, wondering, how am I going to Make it this month. I'm responsible for these children. I'm resp- my wife is counting on me and I lost my job. And that man becomes naked. When he's fired and he's stripped of his income. When a man has no income, he's naked. I guarantee you, he's questioning his value his level of significance. When someone demeans him, when he walks in the world as a black man and people don't respect him or see him as equal, he's naked. It's not just the nakedness. It is the traipsing of others who expose it, mean, make it public. In other words, I'm, I'm exposing you. I want others to see your hurt. Ah, we're getting to it. And most often, that hurt and that shame, guess who exposes it? Family. Family members, loved ones, close relatives, and friends. Why? Because they are most likely to see you naked. What do I mean by naked fathers? Fathers have done things they aren't proud of. Fathers have shame. Fathers have guilt. Fathers are not happy with where they are in their lives right now and they cannot tell you about it because you are counting on them. How can I say to my family, don't be afraid and I myself am scared out of my wits. What I want you to remember is that a father's nakedness impacts those around him. So God says, let the father be naked, but don't expose him. In other words, there is a relationship of of how a father can be naked. The issue is the exposure, looking on him. Seeing him, giving attention to their vulnerable state. 
But in all of this nakedness surrounding Leviticus 18, he makes it clear that the child is not supposed to look at the parent. We aren't to undress them with our eyes. We are not supposed to look at our fathers and make determinations about them. We are not to look at our fathers and size them up and say whether they are good or bad or naked or uh, perfect or imperfect. It is not our place to make those determinations in our own thoughts or plans of destruction. We are not to look on our fathers with an attempt to make a decision about their status of life. A father is a father for a reason. And a father is not to be judged by his children. A father is not friends with his children. They don't share in the totality as a father would with his friend. So I'd like to point you to a story in the Bible that will teach us some very valuable lessons about a son who saw his father naked and he told his brothers about it. He exposed his father. Only in the context of a mother and a father, a husband and a wife are to be able to look at each other naked. A husband can see his wife naked, a wife can see their husband naked, and that is the disclosure of vulnerability. And Leviticus 18 seems to imply what happens in this room stays in this room. I will not, as your husband, see your imperfection and take that information to the world. I have broken the code of Leviticus 18. I am not to uncover what I see in the bedroom. Are you getting it? And so the Bible, if you read Leviticus 18, read it. It goes all into why we shouldn't have incest and why you shouldn't sleep with your daughter-in-law and, and in-laws or this the type of the other. But it never talks about, it doesn't talk about it, it only gives the way you are supposed to see naked. Parent to parent, but parent to child. The child is not to see the parent, but the parent can see the child. Why? Because the child is naked when they come out born. We see your imperfections. The father's role is to see your shame and help you navigate your way through it. It is not the child's job or any other family member's job in the family to see my shame, expose it, and make a judgment call on my nakedness. But my wife, ah, oh God, I feel him, has the privilege to be able to see my scars. When I go into surgery or if I go in for some operation or some uh, procedure, Who's there? My wife is there. She can see me naked. Are you tracking? Because a man, uh, a father at a particular age who has to have this procedure because he's getting older or he starts losing his hair or he can't do the things he used to do or we talk about impotence or, or dysfunction or any other kind of, those are hurtful things to a man who loses his prime. 
And God says there are only certain people who can see that shame. Woo. Come on, this is tough. Are you, are you feeling the weight of this? So I want to point you to a story. It's in the Bible where a son saw his daddy naked. And instead of keeping it in the room, he told his brothers. Let's look at Genesis 9. I'm going to read this story. And I want you to know that this is after the flood. The story is about Noah. It's after the flood. He has been on the boat. He saved all the animals. Now the flood is over. Um, the, the grounds are dried. And now they come out the boat and they're trying to get civilization back together. So this is where they are. Noah in chapter 9 is, is getting things back together. And this story unfolds on in the early days of trying to get it together. Here's why it matters. Verse 18. And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. That's going to be important later. These are the three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth overspread. Notice that. And of them was the whole earth overspread. In other words, they were the ones responsible for replenishing the earth. 20. And Noah began to be an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine. Oh, that wine will mess you up. And was drunken, and he was uncovered. There it is. Within his tent, he was naked. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren who were on the outside of the tent. He took it outside. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and walked backwards, went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward, meaning they didn't look at him. And they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, cursed be Canaan. Woo. The Canaan is the son of Ham. Cursed be your son, Ham, for looking at me. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. Ooh, he's going to be a servant to his brothers. 26, but he said, blessed be the Lord God of Shem. And Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth. And he shall dwell in the tents of Shem and Canaan shall be his servant. So after the flood, you guys, we have this scenario of Noah having to till the land. He becomes a vineyard. He's starting to plant stuff. He grows vines and he gets drunk. And this whole Genesis 9, the chapter of this era, he gives instructions. So, you know, what you should eat, what you can eat, what you can't eat. So what I'm trying to get you to see is that it is important to follow the instructions at the beginning of something. Remember, Adam and Eve were set out to rule the land, all right? Sin entered in, 
And guess what? They got cursed because they broke the rule. So God wipes out everybody on the earth except Noah and his family and all the animals. So we are beginning again. And so the importance of following instructions in the beginning is so that if you start it right, it'll end right. But if it starts wrong, it's going to end wrong because it never was started the right way. So God establishes rules and important things that you can't do, what you shouldn't do, because it affects the trajectory of his plan for your life. So in the beginning of this, God makes it clear that part of seeing your father naked impacts the trajectory of what happens after. A parent, by definition, is establishing legacy. It means something comes after me. That's what parenting is. And God says in the beginning of your nurturing and raising your children, you must obey and establish the rules because if you break the rule of seeing your parent naked, it's going to change you in ways ah, you shouldn't be changed. Haven't you heard people say, don't expose your child to that too early because it will traumatize them. It will affect their development. Some kids have seen things they shouldn't have seen. I listened to Billie Eilish talk about in her childhood and in her upbringing, she was exposed to stuff that she shouldn't have been exposed to at an early age. And it has affected her. Oh God, I hope you hear me. So God says to He says to Noah, he says, I have to reestablish. I'm going to establish my covenant with you. Noah, you and your family, you all I got left. I wiped everybody else out. I won't destroy the earth by flood anymore. He says, I'm going to give you a rainbow just as a reminder. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm talking about all the stuff that happened before we got to verse 19 or whatever. He's telling them, I'm going to take care of you. I need to establish this earth with you. And what I'm trying to see, get you to see is that as a father, God has a covenant with you about what he wants to do through those children and those family members around you. But when those family members and those children take advantage and manipulate or look upon the nakedness of their fathers, it creates shame. It spreads the cancer throughout the rest of the family. And it deters the plan of God through the family of God. So Noah began to plant the vineyard. He got drunk and he, you know, passed out or whatever. And he passed out naked. It's amazing what drunk people will do. It's amazing where you will find drunk people chalked out somewhere in the middle of some flow. And it is at verse 20 I'd like to begin teaching. And first I want to talk about nakedness and privacy. Let's talk about nakedness and privacy. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Point number one, nakedness in private. Nakedness usually happens behind closed doors. You get dressed where? In the stalls, in the dressing rooms, right? You wear clothes in public. Why? Because naked is private. 
So category number one, boo, to be looking at people naked is private. You, it's wrong. It's it's point number one. You've crossed the line. Nakedness is supposed to be their own business. So the nakedness and the shame of the father is private. His own insecurities, his own vulnerabilities, it's private. Nakedness is supposed to be a private matter. It's not supposed to be exposed. I'm just getting you trying to look from a natural perspective. People walk around with the clothes on because, because they're not supposed to be naked. Well, the rule is changing. People raising their shirt a little higher now. They're showing all kind of everything else. Why? Because we've lost the respect for the privacy of our vulnerability. And so, case in point, because people's shame is being exposed more and all the things that people do wrong and their hurts and their pains, guess what? People are being exploited and manipulated and judged because wherever there are feelings that people don't understand, they judge them to deter from their own feelings. Oh God, this is too deep. You may have to read it, hear it again. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that because we've lost the respect for the privacy of naked, nakedness, because we're so exposed on social media, because we take you in the bathroom with us, because we take you in the surgery room with us, we take you everywhere, we streaming live, we streaming live, I'm getting my toe bunion done, because you expose everything in your life, the truth is contaminated. And what is true, we call it a reality show, when the reality shows are scripted, it is not real. A lot of it is not real. It's for TV. So truth becomes misconstrued because what we put on social media uh, is relative to how we want to show it. But nakedness cannot be given a perspective. Nakedness cannot be scripted. Nakedness is what it is. It is the bare truth of who you are. God says, keep it private. Because it discloses the truth of who you are. Let me explain it from the text. I feel preachy for a moment. But look at the text. Verse 20 said, And Noah began to be an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunken. And here it is. It's highlighted. He was, read it with me. He was uncovered within his tent. Where was he? He was in his own tent, in his own privacy. He was uncovered in his tent. And what we want you to see, what we want you to see is that people enter our private spaces. We are naked in our own tents and people take what's private and uncover it. A man's nakedness is to be his own. A man's nakedness is to be shared with his wife. Not Auntie Nim, not Bebe Nim, not Cousin Nim. What a man feels, what he hurts, what he struggles with is not the family's business. Woo! I feel him now. Hallelujah. 
even the improprieties and oftentimes in divorces or bad relationships where there are children involved. One of the parents bad mouths the, the other person to the children. And what do they do? They're uncovering the nakedness that was exposed to me while we were espoused. I'm taking it now and I'm exposing it to your children to make you look bad. God says, don't do it. Because the trouble you're creating is the exposure of yourself and the exposure of your own children. A husband and wife can look on each other. Parents can look on their children, but children can't look on their parents. And the point of the text is if you see something naked or shameful about a loved one, don't share it with the public. Keep it in the tent. Noah was naked in his own house. How dare you visit my house and then take what you see in my privacy and share it with your friend. Oh, you know, I went by Pastor Cher's house. Dude, what do you know what I saw? I saw this. You have taken my nakedness and you have shared it without my permission, which makes my exposure undefendable. I cannot be there and defend what you saw. I cannot even explain to the people you're sharing it to because you took it. You took my life and you exposed it in the privacy of my own home. And so today, I'm saying to you, don't take a man's vulnerability and give it away. That's a quotable. I'm going to say that again. Don't take a man's vulnerability and give it away. Let a man's vulnerability be private. It's the one thing he has. I think there is something to the fact when they say men don't talk all the time. I think there's some value to that. I think a man should communicate, but a man ought to know his limits when it comes to a vulnerability. You only say certain things to your wife. You can't even tell your homies that one, bruh. Because when you expose yourself to them, you expose them too. Well, let's explore what happens when our father's nakedness gets exposed. Point number two, nakedness exposed. First one was naked private. This is nakedness exposed. It is inevitable that someone in your family is going to see you naked. It is inevitable. They're going to see you and they're going to know your most shameful moments. When you live with family, they're going to see your brokenness. They're going to see you say, what's wrong, daddy? What's wrong with with you? You're not looking good. You don't feel well. People are going to see your vulnerability. They're going to see your disgust. They're going to see your shame. They're going to see your mistakes. They're going to see your sins. And I so like this message. It is not called the sins of our fathers. It's called the nakedness of our fathers. And so I don't want to focus on just the things that the father does wrong. I'm talking about the nakedness, the feelings of the father that people disrespect. What God is teaching here is that if that occurs, if you happen to see my vulnerability by mistake and it shouldn't happen, it shouldn't, I'm not saying, you know, it, it shouldn't happen, but it's likely that it will. God is saying what you see in your house, don't expose the shame or the nakedness. What happens in a house is our house. 
and we don't take it outside. And too many fathers have been exposed to the world for the shortcomings, the inconsistencies, the insecurities that they themselves are struggling with naked in their own private lives. And we've made it public. We've put it on TV. We've put it on social media. When we should have shut our mouths and closed our eyes and said, I don't see you naked, daddy. I don't see it. Look at verse 22. The text says, and Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. And the word saw there in the Hebrew means he beheld it. He gave attention to it, meaning he didn't just scan it. He saw it and he looked at it. He saw him naked and he looked at it long enough to make an interpretation. God help me preach your word. He saw the nakedness of his father and here it is. Guess what he did? He told his two brethren who were on the outside. This is privacy. This is nakedness exposed. So Ham saw it. He gave attention to it. And he also went and told his brothers He decided I'm going to expose it. In other words, instead of keeping shut what I saw on the inside, I'm going to go tell my brothers, hey, Ham, hey, I'm uh, Japheth, Shem, daddy's naked. Daddy's naked. And we take it out of the tent. I'm no longer keeping it private. I'm taking it outside. He brought the inside outside. Haven't you heard people say, he said the quiet thing out loud. He said the quiet thing. In other words, what was private? What was sensitive information you have disclosed to the world? And God says there is something wrong with taking the vulnerability of a father and giving it to somebody else to trample and to manipulate. Because people can't handle your shame like you. Woo! That's a quotable too. The question is, what did he see? When we say Ham saw his nakedness, well, what did he see? And here's where I want to get a little technical, little Ben. What did he see? He saw his daddy's shame. I don't want you to think, remember I set the context. We're looking at Noah, who has just dealt with the whole entire world being wiped out. And all of the world's shoulders, uh, weight of the world falls on his shoulder. That he is now responsible for replenishing the entire earth. Taking care of every animal. Making sure that the earth gets back to where it was supposed to be and wondering if he's still adequate enough to satisfy his own wife wondering is he going to be able to take care of his children how do I get a job where will the income come from how will I gain money am I in a right status with God you have no idea what fathers are dealing with in their mind and how dare you take their shame and try to shape it into what you think it should be. You cannot interpret what I'm feeling as a father and as a man. Ham saw Noah's shame. Maybe he saw his guilt. Maybe Noah felt responsible for people being wiped out. Maybe Noah was sad. Maybe he had friends who were wiped out. Maybe he had people who were like children to him. He was feeling some kind of way. And so he took to the libation of the wine from the vineyard. And he drank 
himself to sleep in private in his own room and a family member walked in and extorted him. God, I hope you're getting this. The child saw the things that hurt the parent. And when a child sees the thing that hurts the parent, he sees undefended exposure. And it's undefended exposure because the child couldn't possibly understand grown-up things. So even if Noah tried to explain to Ham, Ham wouldn't get it. Why? Because Ham hadn't lived it. Ham, you can't interpret what I'm feeling. You haven't been through what I've gone through. You don't know the guilt. You don't know the feelings of shortcomings that Noah may have been dealing with. It could have been his inadequate feelings about what happened with the whole flood. Maybe, you know, I didn't build it right. Or maybe there was a leak down in the bottom. I didn't tell God about her. I'm, I, I feel like it wasn't a good job. A whole people had just been wiped out and he's struggling with it. And I say this to some of you today. Some things of parents are to remain censured. There's stuff you just don't bring up in the family context. But God does not leave the man isolated to himself. He gives the man a spouse. I should be proud to show joy all my nakedness. And joy should be proud to show me hers. I know where the scars are from her procedures. I know where her marks are. I know how to identify my wife if I don't see her face. I know her nakedness enough to say if it's her or not. My nakedness speaks when my mouth doesn't. Oof. Let's review what happens though when nakedness is covered. Point number three, nakedness covered. Nakedness is to be private. Nakedness can be exposed, but nakedness can also be covered. And there appears to be more value though in covering someone's shame than exposing it. And that's what this text is going to show us. It says that there's more value in covering people than exposing them. And I think we think that there's more value in telling people, well, I gotta let it know. It had to be said. It had, I had to tell it. Well, it had to be. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. You're destroying the fibers of the family because you're taking a private moment and you're making it public. There is value, though. What if we as a family covered each other instead of exposing them. Woo, my God, I feel like shouting. Look at verse 23. Verse 23 says, and Shem and Japheth took a garment. In other words, Ham came out and told him. He came out and told him, Our daddy's in there naked. And Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. They covered the nakedness of their father. Nor did they look upon their father's nakedness. So watch this now. So God takes, or Shem and Japheth take a garment, 
They put it behind them. They both walk backwards to where daddy is. And they say, don't look, don't look, don't look. They find out where Noah is. They drop it on him. And apparently he's still asleep. He's still naked. He's still on the inside. They drop it on him. They cover him. And then they go back outside. They leave him to privacy. In other words, you walk in, you see somebody naked. You say, oh, excuse me, walk back out. Don't do what Ham did and stand there and gaze and look. When you see people naked, when you see their shame, you don't analyze it. Turn around and leave. This is so practical, it's ridiculous. It's a very complicated text, but I'm trying to give it to you in its most purest form to just help you give, give you the gist of what's being said. Talk about shame covered. The proper response to the shame we see in our families is to cover them, not expose them. The sin is both the seeing of the nakedness and exposing the shame. I want you to understand, the sin is both looking at it and exposing it. You're not supposed to look at it and dwell on it. It's the same thing as a, a sinful situation or a temptation. It's one thing to see somebody walk by and you're like, woo, you know, and you keep on moving. It's another thing to see and be like, woo, girl, mm, honey, look at them muscles. Come on, bro. That's you, you, you caught your eyes on it. You've, you stayed too long there. You, you, you're now getting, uh, do, do you get what I'm saying? We are not supposed to see the wrongs, the hurt in the family's lives and expose it. This is one reason the Bible encourages family members in the body of Christ not to take one another to court because it exposes the shame. It exposes and it contaminates the world further. When we take each other to court, we show the world that we are not family enough to cover each other. In other words, the Bible says, is there not enough judges in your own family to, to decide on this matter instead of taking your brother to court? The Bible makes it clear in Corinthians. In chapter 7, it talks about it. But exposing our family makes the world a worse place, not a better place, because the world feeds off of our dysfunction. The world is supposed to look at us and be able to see how we handle each other, but instead we go to the world for help. Oh, that's backwards. I will take this moment to say there are a lot of fathers out there who have shame, who have extreme nakedness, and what they need is to be covered. And I came to preach to fathers who are in need of being covered this morning. And I stand in the gap before God, before heaven and on earth, and I want to be like Ham and I want to be or like uh, Sham and Japheth and I want to walk backwards and I want to cover you this morning so that you won't be exposed any further. The shame is torture enough, people. The shame of our lives is hurtful enough. A father who's dealing with his own shortcomings, the father who's dealing with racial discrimination, lack of equity, or being as a black man saying that I'm only a percentage of the equity of a real human being. Don't you think that it hurts enough to me? The divorce hurts enough to me. The loss of the house hurts enough to me. In other words, not being able to do all the things I used to do at 20, it hurts enough to me. I don't need you. Ah, God, help me here. Ah, help me here. Help me here. 
The shame of what I'm living is torture enough. And people from the outside will never be able to correct the shame in my life. The shame is my own torture. So let the guilt correct me itself. I don't need people from the outside to never be able to correct my own internal issues. You from the outside will never be able to correct my outside behavior. I need to change on my own. People from the outside can't correct my inside problems. Only we can correct our inside behaviors. You can expose me all you want to, but it's not going to change me. And some family members think, I got to tell everybody about this uh, impropriety. I got to, it's not going, listen, people don't change because they are exposed. The pressure from exposure isn't enough. Pressure from exposure gets them caught and it makes them more shame. And they will say on public, I'm sorry and I won't do it again. And guess what? Five months later, three weeks later, guess what? They do it again because the exposure is not powerful enough to change people on the inside. And we keep thinking if I keep busting people out time after time again, that they're going to change. People don't change because they are exposed. That's a quotable. It must be the pressure that I feel from within myself, from my own pain that makes me say I want to change. It must be the pressure from my own guilt, from my own insecurities, from my own trouble that makes me want to be a better man. I love the movie with Jack Nichols and he's with the, what's her name? I forget her name. And he says to her, he says, uh, you make me want to be a better man. And, and that's a famous line, but I look at myself in the mirror and I look at my insecurities. I look at my trouble. I look at my divorce. I look at my problems. And I say to all of them, you make me want to be a better man. <laughs> because it's what's inside of me that causes me to change. And it was Shem and Japheth who walked backwards and picked up a covering to cover their father without looking at it themselves. And I got a word for some of you out there. Have you ever been able to help someone without looking at their problems? Have you ever been able to help people backwards? <laughs> In other words, because we as church people, we like to tell people all the time, you know, well, you in this situation because you didn't obey. Them. Ain't nobody asked you to tell me all that. I know that. I'm dealing with that. Just walk backwards and cover me. I, you, I got friends who I don't need to know what the problem is. I'm covering you. Just pray for me. I, you ain't got to tell me. Just pray for me. That's the idea behind covering people without looking at their problems. Even Galatians says, you who are spiritual, bear one another's burdens. And what does it say? It says, consider yourself, lest ye also be tempted. It didn't say consider who you helping. It said, consider yourself. In other words, see yourself naked. Don't look at other people naked and size up why they're in that position. When Job's friends came to him, when Job was being challenged by God. Job's friends blamed him. Well, maybe you have sinneth. Maybe you have not been living the righteous. Maybe you have not. And God said to him, foolery, foolishness, all of what you say. This man has been righteous. He has walked up right with me. He is in the situation because it's where I have him. And you have no heaven or hell to put anybody in. So how dare you look at their, their shame and their feelings and guilt and then size them up and determine whether or not they should 
be blessed or not. Church folk are ridiculously judgmental. And we will always say, well, I remember a friend of mine told me, I asked him for help, a preacher friend of mine. I went to and I said, I'm in a situation. I had helped him out in the past. I asked him, could you help me out? He basically said, well, you disobeyed God, so therefore I can't help you. I said, I be blessed Jesus. And to this day, I cannot find biblical support for that. And for all of you Christians who want to say, I can't help you because they messed up. Let me tell you something. God helped you Woo! when he had every right to punish you, but he didn't. He helped you. Never mind. I don't want to get off the top. I want to get off task. We must look at our own nakedness, even while we're helping others with theirs. Fathers need people who are willing to cover them without judging them and exposing them. Come on, put your hands up, Father. I'm preaching for you today. I'm preaching for every man who's been troubled within and people keep exposing you. What we need is people who will cover us. I'm not asking you to make excuses for fathers. I'm just saying that the best way for a father to heal is to allow his own mistakes to torture him to change within. In other words, instead of me judging you and telling you what I think and how I feel, I'm going to let you go through this on your own. But guess what? I'll be right by your side should you feel in peril. Should you feel like you need a hand to lift you up, I'll be there. But I will not look upon your nakedness. I will stand back to back and I will cover you with my own goodness. I will give you my own mercy. I will give you my own kindness and love so that you can stand and make it through your ordeal. Telling the world isn't going to speed up the process of people changing. People change when they are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we keep thinking, I'm going to expedite this. I'm going to tell the world. I'm going to tell so-and-so. I'm going to tell sister so-and-so. And we think that's going to speed up their change. Woo! There's nothing like the quietness of the recesses of the midnight hour where God begins to talk to the man of God who's struggling with a sin or a trouble in his life. Ha! God will correct them Woo! on his own. And telling me God can't change people. You think God needs your help to change people? God doesn't need your help. He will get them at midnight. Ha! God will talk to the father who is struggling within and the father who went to bed ashamed and feeling guilty will rise up in the morning and make pancakes and eggs because he feels better about what God said in the midnight hour. The sons and the daughters should cover their father's shame. You shouldn't expose your father's shame. You shouldn't look at what somebody did in your family that was wrong and tell everybody about it. Your position should be cover them. Back up to your brother. Back up to your sister. Back up to your father and say, I'm covering you. No matter what I hear out there on the outside, I will deny it. I will not say it's true. I will cover it. Come on, somebody. Which leads me to my final point. For some reason, y'all, this was a serious offense. God, I'm running out of time. It was a serious offense, but why? Let's look at our next point because it is nakedness judged. We had nakedness in private, nakedness exposed, nakedness covered, and now nakedness judged. Why is it such a problem, Joy? 
Why is it such a big deal where Ham had to be cursed and his son had to be cursed? Why didn't he just say, oh, put your clothes on and let's sashay on? It's a big deal. Nakedness is a big deal and we need to know why it's a big deal. What baffled me about the story was the severity of Noah's anger and his harsh judgment toward his own son. It struggled with why were you so cruel, Noah? What was it about this being seen that got Noah so upset? Well, let's look at the text and let's tally on home. Say it like you mean it, Big Ben. Bring it on home. Here it is. The verse says in 24, and now and Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. He woke up and he knew he had been exposed and he said, here's what he said, cursed be Canaan. Canaan is the son of Ham. He didn't curse Ham, he cursed his son, implying it affects legacy. It carries on that this is about not just who saw it, it's about what comes after who saw it. He said, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be unto his brethren. This, my beloved, was a serious offense. And consider the context. Consider where we are. You remember the sin of Adam and Eve was such a big deal because you think, oh, well, they just ate the fruit. No, it's not just eating the fruit. God had to curse them. God had to curse the man to work in sweat. He cursed the woman to have menstruation and periods and pain and childbirth. He cursed them because every time the curse was to remind them of the disobedience. Because remember, I said, when you're starting something new, it's got to be built off the right foundation. And when you make a mistake early on, that's why the Bible says, spare the child, spare the rod, spare the child, or something like that, right? Basically, if you don't spake them, they're going to be out of control. In other words, you must punish them. You must create boundaries so that they correct behavior. A penal institution is no good if it doesn't correct the behavior. You can't put a kid on timeout if the timeout don't mean nothing, do nothing to them. They're not going to change the behavior. So God says there has to be something severe enough that says you shouldn't do this. So God says, listen to me, that looking on people's nakedness brings more trouble than what you just saw. Now, it seems to go further. It seems to get in the bloodstream. Ah, haven't you heard the saying, once you see it, you can't unsee it? Oh, that's what I'm saying. What happens is Ham has now seen something in his head. He has seen something that he cannot get rid of. And it is likely that he's going to transmit it on to his son, Canaan. In other words, a drunk father often produces drunk children. An abusive father often produces abusive children. Because parents who, children who see parents arguing all the time often think that's the normal way to communicate to their spouse when they get married. That's all right. You don't have to say preach black man. You don't have to say I'm teaching. You just sit there and look or you ought to be crying. To be a father has boundaries. And to every father out there, you've got boundaries. And you ought to stay in the room with some stuff. You ought to lock the door and keep it private. Because if you don't set boundaries, you're going to pass it on to your grandchildren. To live on earth, there has to be rules. And we don't just see everyone naked. We 
don't just see everyone naked. You can't go out in the world and just look at everyone naked. But originally, watch this, there was no shame. Adam and Eve were naked at first when they were first born because there was no shame. It didn't happen. The shame didn't happen until they got exposed. And the exposure came when Eve ate the fruit and sin entered into the earth. And Adam and Eve were naked and God said, came to them and said, why are you hiding, Adam and Eve? And they said, because we're naked. God said, who told you you were naked? In other words, their shame. Do you notice that? Once sin had entered in, once they had been exposed, they were hiding in the bushes because shame will cause you to hide. And to every father who is hiding because you've been exposed. I'm telling you, God knows what you're feeling and he's going to cover you. (laughs) Sin points out your shame, but don't let your shame make you a recluse. (laughs) Just learn how to live in the world, but keep it private. (laughs) To keep your shame, to keep your nakedness, doesn't mean you stay a hermit. (laughs) Live your life, man. Go into the world, but keep it private. In other words, don't tell everything. Don't let everybody see what you should only be sharing with your wife. And because sin exists, we can't be naked openly in front of one another anymore. Ever since the beginning of time, everybody since Adam and Eve sinned has been trying to wear fig leaves and clothes. Well, they ain't fig leaves now, but now they're Hugo Boss. They're Gucci. They're Ferragamo. They're all these different types of brand names and people stick. What is all these brand names? They're shames, shame coverers. That's all they are. The clothes we wear cover our shame. We're hiding behind the manipulation of what we feel. And we don't let people see the real us. And we don't have a relationship with God enough to be able to let it out to him in prayer. So we find Timmy. We find Sally. We call the hotline. We get on social media and we tell the world everything that's wrong with us. I wish... And then you get mad on social media and say, I'm taking a break from social media because because people are just rude. They're mean. Well, you put your business out there in the first place. It's your own fault. But if you came to Jesus just as you were, if you had a little talk with him and let it all out, you'd have room for real posts on your social media. I'm not going to go there. To be exposed to one another is too tempting. And the Bible says it implies that relatives are humans and can be enticing. God says to protect from incest, to protect you from seeing your mother and liking her. And the Bible is full of incest stories. There are opportunities. There are things in the Bible that talks about people sleeping with people they shouldn't be sleeping with. Sisters with brothers and all these other kinds of things. To be exposed is too tempting. And God said to keep things in parameters, to keep you from looking at people in a way you shouldn't. He said, just keep it covered, honey, because some people are built. And I'm telling you, son, these teenagers, they look like grown folk now. So these men and women who you're looking at people and I, I don't know what they eating, what pills they taking. They tell on steroids. I mean, they look like grown folk and it might be too tempting. God says, nip it all in the bud. Don't look long enough. Don't look at them naked. So God was replenishing the earth and it was important to maintain his godly line. He had a plan to get Jesus 
through the covenant. He said, I'm going to establish my covenant through you, Noah, and I can't have Jesus coming through a line where Ham is sleeping with your mama and your mama sleeping with his son and all this kind of dysfunction. God said, I needed to be pure. So the nakedness of the father is kept in private because he's trying to keep the family pure. Oh, I feel him now. This is why sex and children are so critical to give attention to because sex and a child don't go together. There's too much sophistication along with it. There is this whole fight against child pornography and to not get kids trafficked and taken and abducted. We need to give attention to that because when living, when having children outside these given parameters, it messes up their mind. It messes up the cycle of nuclear families. It dysfunctionizes us. And many of us right now are in families who have, to, oh God, I can't, this is a tough sermon. Sleep, people have slept with aunties. Aunties have slept with nephews and all kinds of things have happened. And God is trying to protect the order. I'm telling you in the context of it, God is trying to replenish the earth and God is trying to do something new in your life, Father, who is naked. And I'm telling you, you can't expose yourself to people just willy-nilly. You've got to be private because it could affect the rest of your family. It was serious enough for Noah Noah to curse Ham's son, who was Canaan, who later became the Canaanites. Do you get this? Canaan was the son of Ham and Canaan was the city that Israel would take later on. The Canaanites fought against the Israelites. All of this because, all of this because Ham looked at his daddy naked. I'm telling you, there's stuff wrong in your family right now because you looked at your daddy naked. This sermon is called the nakedness of our fathers and the predicaments we're in today are we are in because we have looked upon the nakedness of our fathers and our mothers and Canaan became the city that Israel had to take over at some point. And that's the good news that they had to fight for it. In other words, change can come if you fight for it. You can get your family back in order. This could possibly tie into the original fall of sin with Adam and Eve. And there was the cursing in the beginning. And there was the cursing here to say, don't start it this way, son. Don't do this. This is not what I'm asking you to do. And God said, I got to make the pain severe enough to remind you not to do it. And so now for my final word to all the naked dads out there and the families that have exposed them, tune up your ears. Here is my conclusion. As we look at verses 26 and 27, there is a blessing in covering your father's shame. So this Father's Day, find a way to cover one of your father's most shameful moments. I'll say that again. This Father's Day, find a way to cover one of your father's most shameful moments. In other words, begin to think about the worst situation you can recall your father in and instead Instead of regurgitating it to other people, cover it in your mind. Cover it in your heart. Instead of feeling your own pain behind their pain, cover their pain. And guess what? When you cover their pain, you get to cover your own pain. So yes, daddy messed up. Yes, daddy let you down. But instead of feeling hurt behind their own insecurities, because daddy let you down for a reason, 
You don't know where daddy was mentally at the time. You don't know what he was dealing with on the inside. You're the child. You're not the parent. You're not supposed to see the nakedness. You're not supposed to size up and make a judgment. But I'm telling you, when you come to the place where you can cover them, even though it hurts you, you will cover them and you will cover your own pain as well. It is important to note that often those who expose others often have the same issues as the one they expose. Their own shame and anger from their own sins causes them to lash out at others who do the same and judgment of others is more personal than you realize. And so family members say, it had to be that you can't get away with that. Well, what they're saying is you can't get away with it because I'm deflecting so you don't see what I'm getting away with. And families all the time point the finger at people. A son will point the finger at a father and say, because you didn't live right, you can't deal with my children. You can't be a grandfather to my children because you have a problem. What foolishness is that? Dummy, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have children if I didn't have you. By right, you ought to give me the space to be the man that I am. And who I was, by the way, 20 years ago is not who I am today. I have changed and allow fathers to go through it. Allow fathers to metamorph into what they are called to be. Don't judge them early. Don't get so upset that you judge people based on what you feel in yourself. Noah's words should comfort us though. And so while Ham's family was cursed for exposing, Ham and uh, Shem and Japheth were blessed for covering. Verse 26 and 27, put it on the screen. He says, and he shall, he said, blessed be the Lord God of Shem. And 27 said, God shall enlarge Japheth. Here we see in essence, the people who expose you will end up serving you, but the people who covered you will end up being blessed. There is more blessing in covering people than exposing them. And I conclude with this. The father of all fathers knows all of your wrongs, yet he doesn't delight in our exposure. God could have had you exposed a long time ago. God knows stuff you did you ain't told nobody about. The stuff you said you gonna go to the grave to with God knows it, but he didn't tell your wife. Don't think God can't tell your wife. Don't think God can't just put something in front of your children or in front of your boss. God can get you busted if he wants to, but God's job is not to bust you. God's job is to cover you. The nakedness of our fathers finds itself seated in the care of a loving father who loves his own children enough to cover them. He knows all our wrongs, yet he covers us day in and day out. And guess what he covers us with? His own blood. He covers us with what he lost. He covers us with what he shed. By his own sacrifice, he takes the blame for what we did wrong. When's the last time you covered somebody by taking the blame for something you know they did wrong? He took the blame for our sins so we could be free from our pain. And what you get the role to do as a family member or a child, you get the opportunity to cover somebody's pain so they can be free. I want you to learn the value of that. Instead of thinking you're hurting people or getting over on people, 
learn the value in yourself by covering their pain. Jesus became our scapegoat. He was wounded, the Bible says, for our transgressions. He was bruised for who? Our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. When is the last time you put your family's business in your heart and left it there? Have you taken something that somebody has done wrong and hid it for them? When sometimes people can't shut their mouth, you ought to take it and shut it for them. In other words, you ought to take what they're saying and put it away. Hide it, cover it, create a story that says, no, that's not what happened. I did it. Stand up in the way of your daddy. Stand up and say, I don't know what my daddy was going through, but I know his heart. I know that he loves me. I know he didn't mean to hurt me and it did hurt me, but I forgive him. God has taught me in my own relationship with him to cover those who have hurt me. That's covering. And so may this Father's Day be the gift of covering. And what you know about them, you shouldn't know anyway. I'm telling you, you shouldn't know whatever you know about your daddy. You shouldn't know it anyway. And if you know it, you looked at him naked and you looked long enough to make a decision or have a feeling about it. If you saw something you shouldn't have seen, you should have turned around and went away. You shouldn't have questioned mama more. Well, why did daddy do that? Why do you shut your mouth? Shut your mouth. Let your daddy be naked on his own. Those answers only go to your mama and mamas who keep telling what their daddies have feelings for and what their problems are. You are out of order because your own husband's nakedness is your nakedness. So when you tell the child what your daddy did wrong, you're telling the child what you did wrong. Because last time I checked, let the father and the mother, the husband and the wife cleave to one another and the two shall become one. So whatever you do against him, you're doing against yourself. You being nosy as a child or a wife asking around about your father's improprieties has caused you to see him naked and you broke the rule. It doesn't make what he did right, but it does point out the wrongs of you trying to correct each other by exposing them. Holding your father in prison for things you couldn't possibly understand he was going through is just as wrong as the things your fathers did. So you are just as wrong for having regret and remorse and not speaking to him or her because of what they did as they were wrong in doing it. The Bible teaches do not uncover the exposure of your father's nakedness. So you both are guilty and you're worthy of shame. So now you've created shame for yourself because you have looked upon your father naked. Now Ham has got to deal with a son who is cursed, who is now the enemy of what his family is, who was supposed to be the Israelites. Canaan was supposed to be in the blessing and now he's outside the blessing. And some of you family members are outside the blessing because you're trying to correct somebody in the family and you don't have a heaven over hell to correct them in when you should just let them be naked. My daddy was naked. My brother was naked. My sister was naked. My child was naked. Whatever is naked, keep it in the house. And instead of exposing you both, God says to all of us, come ye, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, if you confess your sin, 
sin. I'm faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. God keeps forgiving us. Why don't we forgive each other? And you can try to cover yourself like Adam and Eve did, but only God can cover your shame. And you ought to thank God right now for not exposing. You ought to thank God. Thank you, Lord, for not telling the boss what I did. Thank you, God, for not letting my wife hear about that. Thank you, God, for not letting my children and my family know about that. Thank you for covering me. And you ought to get up and praise him right now for not ratting you out. When you're done praising him, may your shame be strong enough to change you. Because God covers you, not so you can keep doing it. He covers you so you can feel enough guilt to repent. Because covering will do more for you than exposure will any day and any time. So I say to you today, happy Father's Day to all the dads who are naked and exposed. And may God continue to cover you today. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.